0: Welcome to Season 2 of COMMUNITY, a podcast by CivSource Africa. Last season, we focused on the effects of COVID-19 within various communities in Uganda, from artists to workers to doctors to businessmen and women. This season, we set alight our campfire with stories and conversations on giving within our communities. Join us as we unpack and celebrate giving in Uganda and across the continent. We would love to hear from you. You can catch us every Thursday on Anchor or on the Source website. Welcome to today's conversation. In conversation with us today is Mr. Keith Chibirango. I can't believe I've called him Mr. He's like my little brother, but now he's a big man out in you know, the diaspora, I even have to say that with an accent, because he's in Britain, sipping tea with the Queen. Anyhow, Keith, you're so welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Can you tell our listeners a bit about yourself?
1: Jackie, where do I begin? I feel like it's almost redundant uh, responding to this because we've known each other for, you know, years and years and years. forever. Uh, (laughs) Thank you for having me, Jackie. Uh, My name is Keith Tibirango. Uh, currently, I live in London, United Kingdom, and what I do for work is I am head of Africa Philanthropy for Save the Children UK. Uh, I'm a Ugandan. I was born and raised in Kampala. I studied all my life in Kampala. I went to Makerere University where I did my first degree in law. And I recall, Jackie, I, my first job was in the same organization with you. That was Fida Uganda where you taught me all the ropes and you know we spent days and days and days you know going in and out of court and providing free legal aid and um, since then I have done a number of jobs from being an advocacy officer for concern Worldwide to helping politicians to actually get into parliament in in 2006 with IRI Uh, I I, I know, and that is when I moved to the UK and I did a second degree in law at the London School of Economics, and I have since really remained in the charity sector, and my roles have been around uh, education for disadvantaged children in the Global South. Then I have helped to set up a fundraising program for the uh, biggest membership organization, in the UK called Justice, uh, a legal membership organization. And that is, and finally, I now am working at Save the Children, where I've had the joy and the pleasure of working with African philanthropists. And Jackie, I can tell you, Africans are generous. Generosity begins in Africa. There is, we have not even scratched the surface of how generous Africans can be. And I'm dying to share if I have that opportunity.
0: This, this is the opportunity, Keith. Um, <laughs> Community, the podcast that is by Safe Source, is actually passionate about telling stories of African giving and generosity and philanthropy. And we're so excited to have this conversation with you because I know giving is your heartbeat, not just for the work that you do, but for the person that you are and that's where I want to start. Yeah. What is
1: your earliest recollection of of your roots of generosity? I think for me, I I, I grew up in a a single mother household. And if my mother didn't give and was not given, I I wouldn't be who I am today. So my mother raised me, so did my grandmother, so did my five aunties, so did my 17 uncles. So did, so did, and we we, we grew up at at, at the university, Macrae University, whereby you know my mom's workmates would bring stuff. They would find out if I've done homework. The neighbors would walk in and out of their homes. You would go into someone's home and they give you food. Then you come back home and you have more food. Then you come back. So so basically, you are raised. At least when we are raised, we are raised that everything you have, you give, and and. And, and you are giving. So giving just became a part of me. And when I have grown up, it is almost that that spirit that unconsciously I have gone with. So I I still have been lucky enough to have a little bit of extra money that I can, I have got the ability to give here and to give there, to give there of my time, of my ideas, of my thoughts, of, of the little money that I have. So Jackie, I, without knowing I was being taught how to give and I think as as an African woman you also experienced that as well is that it was so so rare for you not to eat food in someone else's home in a week
0: yeah
1: that's the way if you just couldn't (laughs) otherwise it would just be odd so yeah so that is where giving started from exactly so Keith and what I hear especially
0: in your narration mm. is you, you, you were given, you gave, your mothers gave to you, you you like, it's it's circular. Yeah. You know, there's, there's never this moment where one is a permanent receiver or a permanent giver. No. But the way sometimes philanthropy is done these days, it's as though it flows one way. And so because of that assumption, therefore... Africans are shown as though we only receive, and our ways of giving and generosity are disappeared in international narrative. Talk to us about that.
1: I think, and you're absolutely right about that. I will, I will first touch on the issue of the diaspora. It's, it's, it's not, it's until recently that we have stopped and say, asked ourselves, how much money are we getting from the diaspora? We're talking over $30 billion that comes a year. And these are individuals, they are not Bill Gates. These are individuals who are working ordinary jobs and they're sending money back home. That is giving. And they're not giving because they want to be recognized because they want their names in lights. They are giving because that is what they do and that is how they know how to do. But also giving is in different forms. I can give you money, Jackie, but then when I come to your house, you give me company. You come and you, you, you give me a, a bunch of matoke. You you, you, you you look after my other relatives. You, so, so, so that if I am giving you in a certain way, you also can give and contribute in another way. So my definition of philanthropy is not that you will always be receiving grants and donations and and, 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 and getting free food and from, from, from abroad. No, it is a two way because uh, increasingly, and, and this is what makes me really help, happy, increasingly we are beginning to redefine what philanthropy is. I have worked with African philanthropists who initially they were looking at their community and now they're looking at their city, they're looking at their country and now they're looking at the continent. And what they want to get back they want to get back the ability for those communities to actually be self-sufficient. So in a way, the communities, by becoming transformed, are giving the philanthropist something back. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he may be, or she may be a really wealthy person, but they're getting something back. And also selfishly, if you think about it, like, wouldn't you rather be in a country where people all over are living in equality that means less theft. I oh,
0: know, yes.
1: So, so selfishly by giving, you're also like protecting. Because I remember one, one, one Nigerian philanthropist told me that those, those, those kids that are across the gate are hungry today and they are knocking on my gate. In 15 years' time, they will not be knocking. They'll be breaking down my gate. Yes. So I, I have to give. Even if it may be selfish, I have to give. To protect myself and my family and my community. So so that is really my take on it, Jackie. So you've part of your
0: portfolio now, or most of it, is interacting with, interacting with and raising money from African philanthropists. Tell me what that has
1: been like. It has been eye-opening, it has been wonderful. It has been, what is the word, when you're like, I told you so, I'm trying to... to, to, to you know that word of, of oh, you, they can't give. It's for yes. me that I, I got to that moment where I was like, I told you they would, and they yes. have, yes. and yes. they are giving. Yes. So, 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 you know, it has been rewarding. I had the opportunity of setting up African Philanthropy for Save the Children. As a large international NGO, it's, it was and still is the only one actually that, with that, that program which is odd, that has that program. And the ability to give of Africa- Has one program, sorry, Keith. Has the Africa Philanthropy Program. Ah, okay, okay. Noted. So, 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 so I could be wrong, but I've not heard of another, of, of another international charity that has actually set up an Africa Philanthropy Program that is designed to cultivate, to nurture relationships, to listen to what African philanthropists want to give to yes. and how they want yes. to give to and the direction their money and funding should be going and the influence and the programming that they should be doing. So it's not just a matter of give us your change. There's a lot that goes yes. into yeah. ensuring that an African philanthropist feels like their philanthropy is contributing to their passion. So for me, it was baptism by fire because I literally had to be on the plane, going and learning and, and, and asking people to make introductions and yep. breaking down what Save the Children was, but speaking from an African point of view, speaking from an Afri- with an African voice and an African understanding, yep. knowing okay. that for, for us as Africans, we have to ensure that our community is 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 okay before we look outside? Yeah. So, so 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 it's very very rare actually, Jackie. I've not found a single African donor who gives to a, a stranger when their community is not well off. Yeah. So so it is it's just those tiny nuances that I had to learn and had, and learn real fast. So when I was able to learn that, I started to see those really begin to unlock and people ask questions. And what was really interesting is everyone asked about impact. Wow. What is my money actually going to do? Wow. Mm-hmm. And, and you never hear this, Jackie. You, 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 we don't really hear, no one says this narrative on, on our behalf. What is my money going to do, number one? Number two, I do not want my money to leave the country. I want it to stay in the country's banks I want to be in the country's communities. I want to be accountable in the country. If I then go to other countries, I want it to be the same. I don't want it to go to New York and then come back or go to Geneva and then come back. You see what I mean? Which is normally how international NGOs work. And then thirdly, African philanthropists want to have international influence. In fact, what they've done, instead of instead of asking for a seat at the table, they have like broken the table, reconstructed it and demanded to sit at the ta- head of it. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so it, is, it is things like that that really impressed me and I am such a huge advocate and more and more may they give.
0: I know there's no prototype of an African philanthropist, mm. And yet at the same time, I want to be a fly on the wall in that room as you are speaking to an African philanthropist. Can you paint us a picture of
1: of Um, the kind of person that you're talking to? The kind of person I'm talking to, because of the kind of job I do, I tend to go to the high end of of Mm philanthropists. And and this is not to say that we're all not philanthropists, but my skill is in raising money from high net worth individuals, mm-hmm. so I am looking to meet either African billionaires or African multimillionaires who want to have impact on the scale. Yeah. So the conversations yeah. I have had have been with African philanthropists who are looking to change. There's one that I talked to, and he wanted to change the way children are fed in Tanzania. Wow. So, so that is a big vision. Another mm-hmm. one, what is to, 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 to address malnutrition and child protection in Nigeria. Now these are big programs, a big vision, and a big impact. Yep. And it took me, on average for both of them, a year of sitting down and constructing and deconstructing and listening. And they are very specific. This particular donor told me the thing I want to address about malnutrition is stunting. Because when children are not eating, they don't grow. Yeah, yes. Physically. And when, and that is the easiest stunting. Now the brain stunting is worse because between the age of zero to two, if the brain is stunted, it will never be unstunted. So that's why they will always be slow in class. So he wanted to do that. And we had to go through a series of, are you sure, Yona? how many do you want to do a pilot? Do you want, which districts do you want to do? And because of, we've been lucky enough that we are now increasing, we have people with increased wealth in Africa. They have the capacity to have that level of impact. But it is just moving to see how someone who no one has even ever heard of, that is how clear their philanthropy is and how clear their impact that they want to have. It's, it's amazing. I think for me then what you've summarized
0: is for one to appreciate African philanthropy, mm. you must see it, you must name it, you must listen to it, oh, to yeah. us, to our voices. Yeah. yeah, because we we have a different way we want to do development. We have a different way we want to serve our communities, not just serve, serve with our communities. We have a, because we are rooted in these very communities where all these injustices are happening. So very powerful what you've said. And the, the flip side of that conversation that I want to have, Keith, is, you know, at the same time, maybe philanthropy alone is not necessarily sustainable, especially to create just communities, equitable yes. communities. So what would be, what else needs to happen in Africa for us to make the leap forward into more equal communities?
1: Mm. Oh, thank you so much for asking that, Jackie. I mean, philanthropy is beautiful and, and and we we always want to give. And and we are in this situation where people are giving more and more where they can. I, I and you're right in saying philanthropy itself is not enough because we cannot always expect our people to expect to be given for free and and expect to to receive for free. What I know 100% is that if you ask someone to choose between a donation and a job, they will choose a job. Yeah. They will always choose a job. So as Africa, as Africans, as sub-Saharan Africa, In addition to all the good that philanthropy is doing, how do we ensure that we give people jobs? And my theory, actually not mine alone, is why don't we actually build the capacity of our small enterprises? Um, Jackie, if you look around your neighborhood, the people who have shops, the people who are baking cakes, the people who are, um, are are tailoring, the people who are running schools, the people who are running clinics, the people who are doing having small factories. They amount to ninety percent of Africa's GDP, and yet, if you ask them, "Have you ever received a bank loan?" They will tell you, "What? I can't. I don't have that kind of." Possible. Yep. And when you ask them, uh, "Do you know? Do you have accounts? Have you balanced your books?" And they're like, "What?" Or Do you know that you can actually go to this person and they can contact you to that person? They're like, ah, I fear. So it it is that important to us that as Africa and as America and Europe and Asia have done, they have built their small enterprises that then become tomorrow's Google. And as they grow, they give people jobs. And when people get jobs, people don't need handouts. So instead of you coming to me and like, oh Jackie, can I have some salt? You're like, oh, I have a job. I'll buy my own salt. I'll buy my, take my own kids to school. And I don't even have extra to give away. Yeah. So yeah. for me, I think philanthropy and job creation go hand in hand. Philanthropy will always have a place. So let me give an yes. example, Jackie. The locusts come, uh, Mozambique cyclone, floods come, uh, you know, um, the harvest fails. You need that quick burst of money to make sure that communities do not fall below the poverty line. However, there's also this other bit of development whereby the more you create jobs, the more resilient communities are, the less philanthropy they need. And so when they go hand in hand, you see that actually it just works. And it is for that reason that some philanthropists are now looking at impact investment because they are like, actually, I will not give you my money. What I'll do is, I will lend you my money and you will actually do something good about it, but make sure that whatever you're doing can actually give me the profits and the money comes back to me. And then I Which can do charity. Yes, yes. So, 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 so you then you are forced to think creatively how do yeah. I ensure that I make social impact? and financial gains, and they don't have to be astronomical profits, and financial gains at the same time. And believe me, Jackie, those are some of the most successful organizations, those social enterprises, because they are forced to think, I need to create jobs, but at the same time, I need to give back this money. I'm smiling because I know
0: a friend of mine called Joyce Tamale, who will be smiling along with you she's ugandan she's based here in uganda and she's Mm. passionate about social enterprise she lives breathes it um and and yeah she's forming networks of social enterprises in uganda so because she believes indeed self-sustenance gives gives one dignity oh good, yes especially dignity but also yes equalizes it for more people than just a few having a, and the rest not having.
1: And, and it creates less dependency. Yes. And you, you become, um, um, I mean, Jackie the reason you and I are living the lives that we are living is because someone took a chance on us and gave us a job. Yeah. If you took away that job away from us, we would struggle. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we would struggle. Indeed, indeed. Yes, indeed.
0: <laughs> so, and, and as we wind down this conversation, uh, Keith, you and I are above forty. I won't say our exact ages, but we are above. <laughs> no, you're not. Okay, sorry.
1: Oh, I am. I am. I am. Twenty
0: something. <laughs> Anyhow, so I'm thinking about your nieces and your nephews right now, my children and and their friends. How do we how do we pass on what we've learned? what What does the next generation of givers and philanthropists in your, in Africa look like? And how do we see seed it intentionally
1: oh that i love sense. this question i love this question and i've seen my brother and sister do it very very well at that age it is difficult for them to give money but they can give a lot mm-hmm. they can give a lot of time and they can give a lot in terms of, of 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 helping out and in resources first of all whenever their clothes don't fit they have to give them away give your clothes to someone who needs them. Do not hold on to that shirt because it's your favorite shirt. That is, you know, a very simple way of teaching a young child that is going to be useful to someone else. But when I've seen my, because my sister and my brother, when they live in the countryside in Mukono, and in Mukono we do have uh, a number of schools and some of those schools actually do struggle to attract enough teachers and also attract resources. And my sister who lives in the UK, whenever she's bringing her children to, to Uganda, they make sure that they volunteer at the school. Wow. So they teach, they bring their, their you know books, pencils, things that really don't cost much in the UK. And then they give them away. And then they throw, at the, the end of that week, they throw the, the, the children a party, you know, cake, soda and everything, but they are there for an hour a day teaching in that school. They ensure, they, you know, they, they're not giving much, but they're giving something. My niece and nephew who live in Uganda also have to do that in the village. So my my, my my brother and sister's children have grown up and are growing up knowing that you have to give, you have to share, You they will frown upon selfishness and we will always have relatives coming in from the village who need some sort of help and you know all those things that we used to be like oh my god mommy i can't share my bed no they are doing it now they have to share within reason yes, but they do have to learn how to share so by the time you start from giving away your dress you're now giving out something bigger then you're giving time by the time you get to an to be an adult, giving is not alien to you. Yeah. So when you become a billionaire one day, it will be so hard for you not to give because you've just been giving. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So, so that is that is really my take on it. And besides, no one likes a selfish child. <laughs>
0: A A beautiful note to end on. I know, Keith. Like, no, Keith will not be your uncle if you're that child. (laughs) Thank you so much. Yeah, I almost said sunk you. Anyway, (laughs) thank you so much, Keith, for sharing your time and your brilliant ideas with us. It's been an absolute pleasure hosting you. We wish you well as you do the work that you do and continue to give in all the ways that I've known that
1: you give. And, and Jokit, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I have had a delightful time. I mean, the time has flown by. I hope I get invited again. It's really, really a, a, a pleasure. It just felt like we are, you know, back in your living room having banter. Uh, but and, and I cannot thank you enough for the work that your organization is doing, really. It's really, it's, it's, it's putting a record on what we know we're already doing, but at least now we have something to show. I mean, those proverbs were a joy to read.
0: Thank you, Key. Thank you so much for that endorsement. And I took your idea about illustrations. So an illustrated book will be coming to your bookstores in a few.